Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Pip, pip, all. It's Mr. B, the gentleman rhymer here. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the wonderful world here of Geeky Brummy. I'm joined today by... Producer Guy. Hi, Guy. I love you. <laughs> and I love you, too. Aww. <laughs> co-presenter's George. Hi. Uh, co-presenter Keith. Hello. And the wonderful master of tall tales, Philip Ellis, returns once again to the Geeky Grimmie Collective. Hello, everybody. L- let's stop treating Phil like he's a guest. He's just <laughs> part of it now. You're one of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. I'm Batman. And I listen to the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday at noon on Brum Radio. If you're a regular cinema goer like most of the Geeky Brummy team, you'll notice this year seems to be missing a decent, good tentpole flagship movie. It seems to be there's been a bit of a lot of a bunch of not well received movies, would we say, people this year? You said yeah. tentpole. <laughs> Starts already. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that Hype Machine starts so early. Like, I'm already sick of the films before they even come out. I don't know if anybody else feels about that. When, yeah. Like the trailers come out so many, so far in advance. There's a teaser. We had trailer. a realization then, yesterday. Then there's, like, then there's a second trailer and a third trailer, and so you've yeah. actually seen all of the footage before the film comes out. There is so much stuff that comes out. I did the other week. Guy talked about his hatred of the uh, the Margot Robbie Harley Quinn, and I think I know why. Why there are far too many people cosplaying that. I know cosplayers. Somebody pointed out the other night that they've been cosplaying that character for 15 months, and the film has only just come out. That's how long that that, that is. Exactly, it's ridiculous. Completely insane. Did they feel disheartened when they found out the film's rubbish? (laughs) (laughs) All the Harley cosplayers I know are going, no, no, it's amazing. Ignore the critics. But I think there is that panic that they've been cosplaying this character for like two years, and nobody likes the film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was watching on Twitter a couple of days ago where it was saying it's 500 days till the release of the next Star Wars film. Oh, God. Even like the next one in the series, not Force um, Rogue One, of course, but. 500 days, that's pretty much that's, a long countdown to that's the film. That's like that. the, uh, the really <laughs> annoying geeky version of like, oh, there's only so many sleeps left till Christmas. And it's like, yeah. we're, we're, you know what? We're adults. Yeah. I'm sure you can fill those 500 <laughs> days with, with some other kind of productive yeah, activity. Yeah, I mean, we've got Rogue One coming out during the middle of that and people seem to ignore it for waiting for J.J. Abrams' next big explosion. I, I remember about, I think it was about a year ago, um, I saw a, a photo on Twitter and it was the sort of the upcoming calendar for, for the next sort of 20 Marvel films. And it went up to yeah. something like 2025 yeah and it's like well you better hope that none of those actors you know get into accidents or something yeah um and it was just like why why are you telling us what's going to be coming out in 10 years time just you know yeah. surprise us with a, with a nice film yeah. you know let us know it's coming out a few weeks ahead of it ahead of time like it like it used to be in the good old days yeah, yeah. i mean the biggest critical flop of course this year so far has been batman versus superman oh everybody was expecting an amazing thing i don't know i think suicide squad think, has ripped apart my favorite <laughs> review of suicide squad somebody described it as uh, avengers shoved through a deadpool mangle <laughs> which i thought was the, really all of the marketing for suicide squad it's like it screams we watched deadpool and decided to make that film yeah then. yeah i mean the one thing with batman versus superman it was supposed to be the big, big, big movie with you got Ben Affleck, you got Henry Cavill. But the the film before that, the Man of Steel film, it was just like this is the problem with DC films. It's like they're they're boring because they they take themselves so seriously. They're really grim. Everything's grey. It's always raining or cloudy. And they they forget to have fun with it in the way that the Marvel the Marvel yeah. films well, have fun with it, which is I think why the Marvel films 
when they come out, yeah. they're received so well because right. they, they balance the humour and the adventure in all the different genres rather than just yeah. trying to prove to people who aren't genre yeah. fans, oh no, you should come and watch this because it's like it's it's really serious. I mean, is that due to the flip side because you've got Marvel Studios bought by Disney and all they've done is pretty much leave Marvel Studios alone. It was already making the film, started off with Iron Man and had that snowball of success, whereas DC purchased by Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers seemed to meddle rather than letting and, the directors I mean, doing maybe. what they need to the do. The first Avenger film, the first sort of Marvel film was Iron Man. Yeah. And ha- what was that, 12 years ago? That was 2008. Uh, okay, so yeah. Um, yeah, so eight years. Eight, sorry, so eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not quite 12 years ago. Yeah. But, um, so, so they've been building that universe steadily for the last eight years yeah. over several films DC are trying to rush it out yeah. in all in all this year it, it seems like Justice League seems to be the most rushed thing in the world just so they can try and compete with the Avengers yeah machine. and they're, but they're sort of missing the magic ingredient which is what what makes the Marvel films so great is that they remember that it comes from a comic book and they remember to have fun with the source material rather than just trying to convince non you know, non-geeks to come and watch it. It's kind of like letting down their core audience, I think. It's, it's interesting that they can't do it in the films, because DC have got a good history of doing justice to their characters through the cartoon shows they've had over the years, which have been infinitely better than most of the Marvel outputting cartoon shows. Oh, God, yeah. I their mean, TV stuff... Except for the Killing I mean, Joke. Arrow's kind of <laughs> gone off the rails a little in later seasons. Hmm. The Flash is really good. Supergirl's really good. They, they can do fun and entertainment, but it just seems to be... And it seems to be the thing with all of the blockbusters right at the moment. They're chasing an audience. It's like they're trying to guess what people are into. It's like, oh, we want to do an R-rated superhero movie. We want to yeah. chase an audience rather than just going, let's make an entertaining film that everybody can get behind and watch. I mean, I went to see Star Trek a couple of weeks ago. The day after it came out, there were six people in the theatre. Yeah. It's like, how can a big tentpole movie come out and not have big yeah. audiences going? I mean... Again, looking at that, do you think that's a reaction to more of the Joel Schumacher Batman films from the 90s where they went off the scale back to the 60s level of camp and do you think that frightens them from doing um, fun things? I think, I think the... Obviously, we had, they had, yeah, you had the, you know, Arnie as Mr. Freeze and, yeah. uh, and all that. And, 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 and Jim Carrey as well. Yeah, and it, it did yeah. go from the, the sort of wonderful Batman and Batman Returns with Tim Burton, where I yeah. think that, that balance of darkness and playfulness was... And humour was still... Yeah, and, and, and Jack Nicholson was yeah. menacing but very yeah. entertaining as, as the I mean, Joker. Danny DeVito, I think that's still one of his finest oh, roles I mean, in it, cinema. Yeah, they, they, they were brilliant. And then after that, they kind of did go more and more into the sort of circus. Um, yeah, they went and, uh, back to the Adam West kind of yeah. um, and so obviously that's what Chris Nolan was trying to do with the his Dark Knight trilogy but then I think um, that the, the everyone sort of sees this you know gritty reimagining and they're like oh yeah. that's what made it um, like popular it was, the, it was, just, it was really dark and really depressing and really grim yeah. and somehow over the last couple of years playing the Joker has become the new playing Hamlet yeah. I'm sorry it's a comic book supervillain you're meant to have a bit of fun with it I don't really want to hear about how Jared Leto is going method um, I don't think I, I, you know. I think Heath Ledger put in a perfectly serviceable performance as the Joker. If he hadn't unfortunately died, he wouldn't no. have got the posthumous Oscar. Because no. let's be honest, it's a superhero film. Yeah. I mean, do you guys think that I was having a conversation with somebody? DC are kind of a bit screwed now because they needed Suicide Squad to be a hit. My reason I say this is Marvel just had crit- critical success after critical success, but Marvel films appeal to ki- kids, you know, because kids will go and buy the merchandise, and they mm. don't care if the films are rubbish because it's a big, colourful superhero on the screen. Marvel yeah. are appealing to an adult audience, 
adult audiences read reviews, and if they're saying this film's dire, they're losing their audience because people aren't going to be enticed. I mean, yeah, they even can't sell Suicide Squad yeah. to a kid. Yeah, even the worst Marvel film, which in my opinion is probably Thor: The Dark World, it was still serviceable. Oh, yeah. It was still workmanlike, and, 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 and it was still and entertaining. The Dark World. And they kind of—I mean, I agree—it was a—it was a, just a bad film. Um, I mean, the, I think the Thor films are probably the weakest yeah. sort of standalone films. Um, but but, but, but they—they take place yeah. within this larger universe, and when you watch them, you know, there's there's sort of. And if you're you struggling with the dialogue, there'll be a big explosion coming. I mean, in I will. I mean, yeah. yeah I, th- I think the first Thor was was quite entertaining. I think the second one was just they they got it so so wrong. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I was worried about Ragnarok because it's, none of it's taking place on Earth. And my favourite. But you bits, do have Hulk popping up, so that should make. Yes, and it's um, uh, I Taika Waititi from uh, what the, we do so which is one of the most amazing films of all time. He's restored my faith in a little bit, and I'm I'm willing to take a punt. But I think that's the thing with Marvel as well is they give these films to directors who are going to do something with it I mean James Gunn came to Guardians of the Galaxy off things yeah. like Super and Slither yeah. and all these kind of, and they're giving them to directors who have actually got some verb yeah. and something about you know yeah. they're, they're making something interesting they're passionate about it Scott Dickerson doing yeah. Doctor Strange he's going to bring something interesting to that but again DC have bought directors and say you've had David Ayer come in to do Suicide Squad you've had Zack Snyder come in they are quite big names but it feels like they haven't been allowed to do what they needed to do with the film it's been very controlled from yeah, I mean even above. Marvel getting rid of what kind of letting Edgar Wright go on Ant-Man and then bringing in another director that yeah. still worked in the end that, that yeah. still kind of it still had that Edgar Wright touches to it in some yeah. scenes I think but it, for, for me summer blockbusters need to be fantasies we're living yeah. in a world now where I've, I get enough dark and gritty and grim and yeah. nastiness happening in everyday life when I go to the cinema I want to spend two hours entertained and thrilled yeah. I don't want to see grit and grime it, and it should be escapism yeah. I think we're all sick of watching buildings being blown up I think yeah. that's not really entertaining anymore because like like he says you know yeah we, we see enough Gritty, dark, you know, uh, somber stuff on the news. Uh, yeah, yeah, you want that that escapism and that adventure. I mean, that's the thing that annoyed me most about Man versus Superman. It's this Superman that they've got in the cinematic universe who thinks collateral damage is okay. That's and not that, Superman. That's not. And that's Superman. not Superman. The whole no. point of Superman, he will stop and make sure that everybody's safe. That really bothered me with Man of Steel. Yeah. That's why I didn't really like that. I think it, it yeah. looked fine as a film. There was lots of fantastic effects, but they'd forgotten to write in any proper personality and Superman yeah. just came off as kind of an idiot. And I think that's probably a problem with the DC yeah. films in general. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they might look very... They might capture they the might mood stylish, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very, very stylish, but there's no substance there. No. no. I think as well, it's why that 80s nostalgia thing is becoming popular. You see a TV show like Stranger Things... Yeah, it's, that's doing really interesting stuff, but it's very sm- small scale, contained. Yeah, uh, but it's still entertaining. It's still got darker themes. It's still got interesting it, content well, in there. It felt but like it's done in a way that entertains you. It felt like three movies that they stitched together. Yeah, I mean, you know, I will just. I, I know I keep bringing it up, but that's why I loved Jessica Jones. Yeah, because it was yeah. a, it was ostensibly a superhero show, but the scale of it was one woman versus one man. It was it was a relationship drama almost. And that seems and to be how Netflix have nailed yeah. it. It, 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 was, it, was, um, it wasn't an entire city being destroyed. It wasn't entire no. worlds being blown up like in Star Wars. It was one woman, you know, facing the damage in her life. It was, it was a much yeah. more relatable scale, even, and that was what made it so compelling. Even with Daredevil, I mean, that launched yeah. that whole thing of it was a purely a com- it's contained a, it's story a, yeah, in a contained a, area. It's a, a scale of, of drama and damage that you, yes. as a single human viewer, can really relate to. Whereas yeah. when you're watching entire cities get levelled in films, you just become numb to it. And the thing yeah. is, with those entire cities getting levelled, there is no impact because there's no people to see how they're suffering exactly. with that. 
but Jessica Jones and Daredevil are good, both good examples of using mature adult themed content you yeah. can't say that the content of something like Jessica Jones is aimed at a 12 year old no. that, there's some serious stuff some interesting yeah. things going on there and you can you can do that adult and no. maturity doesn't mean swearing no. And being, you know, overtly no, I mean, sexual or whatever it is, because Deadpool's that kind of character. I mean, it's this whole thing the, about they kept the playfulness and the fun with him as yeah. well. So, I, but again, it's just yeah. it's just showing that the Marvel properties know how to mix their genres. I think. Yeah. I mean, and I think the other thing is aiming for that 12A slash 15 rating is suffering films quite a lot because you right, look at Blade. Blade was one of the biggest comic book films of the late 90s, early 2000s. That was a full 18 to start off with, and that really worked for that character. Aiming for that 12A restricting the character doesn't really work sometimes mm. I'd like to see more surprises in films yeah. coming up I'd like to see more of the likes of 10 Cloverfield Lane just a film that appears and you think yeah. actually that was entertaining I really enjoyed that I, mean, I, I didn't know anything about it I went and I enjoyed it yeah. I, I, I agree with that I think the less about a film you know going in the more yeah. you're going to get out of it I, I knew that 10 Cloverfield Lane obviously was a of the Cloverfield franchise but um, really other than that I, I, I went in blind and yeah I, I got a lot out of it and yeah. I think like George says the um, the PR and advertising starts you know a year and a half in advance yeah. I don't yeah by, by the time the film comes out I'm numb to it I would rather be surprised yeah I'm actually going to be a little bit controversial here because I actually really like the Warcraft movie which didn't succeed very well over here it's done massively well in China famous probably because that's where the main player base is now but I it seems to have really been popular it. with actual yeah. fans of the game though I think again yeah. it wasn't necessarily critically well received but everybody I know I'm, I'm not, not a Warcraft yeah. player I don't know much about it but everybody I know who does came out and went no that was exactly yeah. what I wanted so I, I think mean, I'm not a World of Warcraft player but played Warcraft 1, 2 and yeah. 3 and they kept more of those kind of storylines and having a little bit of the characters coming back from that and I found it really it feels like it's at least been done with film. the fan in mind which I yeah. think is the right way to go I think the problem that DC have at least for me is about trust now like because they have messed around with characters or that it has been a bit flat and rubbish and I'm not that bothered like even with things like I know people have come out of Suicide Squad and gone oh that was really great but I'm still not going to go and pump yeah. my money at the cinema when it's on TV next year I'll probably sit and watch it but yeah. whereas I will go out but, and spend my money to watch a Marvel is, movie because I know it will be even if it's not a cinematic masterpiece it's at least going to be a good night out at the cinema it'll be a spectacle but yeah. Yeah. I've got you mentioned in the comic books I mean Gotham by Gaslight which is one of my favourite series which puts Batman in Victorian era London it's absolutely stunning and that would be an amazing film why not use the rich back catalogue you have rather than playing around with the characters and trying to catch up with Marvel do your own thing I think yeah, I think, yeah. yeah just be more creative like, yeah. just just and don't think putting a few tattoos on the Jokers makes him a brand new new character. <laughs> I mean, and then the thing is, the amount of money that they, they spend on these films nowadays, it, it, they don't want to take a risk. But then a lot of films now, the, the marketing budget is more than the, the budget of the films. And I wonder if some films suffer as well because the, the hype's there so much. And things like social media, mm. people are talking about films and making opinions and, and having decisions. I mean, you saw that happen with Ghostbusters before it came out. Mm. Yeah. Every, you know, a huge proportion of the internet was against that movie before they'd even seen a single frame of it yeah I mean I went I mean we mentioned it a few weeks ago the San Diego Comic Con trailers we had Wonder Woman we had Justice League and these are films that are incubating for a couple of years and it's nice to see a little bit of a clip of footage we don't want the whole plot there before you even go and that's what, another thing that really annoys me with trailers now there's too much in the trailers well, it's the way the things are distributed too like it used to be that the stuff at San Diego was the only place you would see it was if you happened to be at San Diego and it was here's a little teaser clip as a special treat because you're the people who are here but now it's on YouTube an hour afterwards and everybody's yeah. seen it so it has to be bigger and better and have more flash and more wow and more yeah. awesome and rather than like being a here's a sneaky game. preview yeah yeah 
Right, so to wrap it up then, what was our best film of the summer so far each? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I would probably say Ghostbusters because it captured that fun and yeah. excitement. And, and part of it was just the constant callback to the original, but it was it was exciting and funny and just yeah, it kind of it was that cinema going experience that you want. It was yeah. it was fun. George, can I count X Men as a summer release, or is that too X-Men early? X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Would yeah, we count as a summer? I think because I yeah. wasn't expecting to enjoy it that much, and then it was brilliant. Yeah. I have still yet, I have yet to see that. Yeah, it's good. Keith, I think at the moment it'd have to be a tie between Star Trek Beyond and Ghostbusters, just mm. because they were ju- they were entertaining films. Yeah. I haven't seen Finding Dory yet, yeah. and I imagine that there's, there'll be something about I'm that sure that sure will just make it. Out there. Now, it <laughs> it'll just be one. It's yeah. an entertaining film, but Star Trek and Ghostbusters for me yeah. both did what I wanted from a summer film. Guy, uh, yeah, I'm with Keith and Captain Ellis on that Ghostbusters. Right. I'm going to say Studio Ghibli and when Marnie was there. So I'm going a bit potency there, but oh, it is arty, but it is an absolutely amazing film. It's an amazing send off to Studio Ghibli, and I urge you to watch it if you've watched any of the other Ghibli films. Hi, I'm Dave Massey, and you're listening to Geeky Brummy on BrumRadio.com. Tell me why it's rubbish. Alright, so it's time for now for the wonderful world of why it's rubbish, guy's favourite thing, as long as we don't mention Stephen Mulhern. Who's <laughs> that again, Ryan? Stephen Mul. That's Stephen Mulhern, host of Saturday Night TV across the land on ITV, I believe. Ah, He's <laughs> making his way onto every night on ITV <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> We know you have a special kind of love for Mr. Mulhern. If you, Mr. Mulhern, if you ever listen, please send a sign autograph for I, Guy. I think Guy's real hatred for Stephen Mulhern is the fact that one night he went out and got a Stephen Mulhern tattoo somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of really regretting that now. I think it's yeah. like that playground thing where you say, I really don't like you, when you actually really do like somebody. Oh, you don't want to pull his hair, Guy, and throw things at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Guy, you can launch off. What's your why it's rubbish this week? Uh, controversial as per usual why is it rubbish one born every minute and 24 hours and A&E I'm sick of these two shows every time I put on channel 4 they are on I don't care about people in hospital I don't want to see people in hospital I don't want to see kids being born I want to watch Man Down without having to watch 10 minutes of some woman giving birth or some old man who's fallen off a ladder what is the point stop putting them on and then what's worse is like <laughs> one's not on at 9 o'clock and you try to watch them at 11 o'clock and then it's a repeat of the one from early in the week they are literally on all the time stop playing them so is that or first dates or goggle boxes I mean I will defend first dates first until dates my dying fantastic. day that is one of the best shows on television yeah yeah right so George you're up mine is forgetting to turn the noises off on your phone and then that opening Pokemon Go in the office the music is a bit distinctive but you have that thing where you've just like I'm just casually in it diddling like uh, no <laughs> I may or may not have done that a few times, but every now and again you just hear it from somewhere else in the office and you know you're not the only one who's forgotten. See, the trick is to pretend it's your ringtone. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Oh, somebody's messaging me. I'll just take this outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Phil? Uh, mine would be summer FOMO. Um, but there's just uh, there's, there's just too much stuff going on yeah. and it's making me rather grumpy, actually, that I can't go to all of it. And sometimes you just want to sit down and have a nice cup of tea in, in the house. You don't want to have to be going to food festivals and music festivals and, 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 and this, that and the other and I, I realise as I'm saying it that actually I just sound like I'm com- complaining that I've got too much exciting <laughs> stuff going on in my life but um, but yeah it's just you know what I think well done Birmingham you've, you've given me too much to, to yeah. do <laughs> you've reached critical, critical event mass yes. yeah. 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 Keith you're up 
I'm going to go with a simple one. Ranking systems and rewards in video games. Ooh, uh, I'm yes. sick and tired of wanting to pick up a game several months after it's been released. And when I join, I'm at level one. And somebody who's been playing it 24 hours a day for three months is on level 60. And they just have all the best weapons, all the best equipment, or whatever it is, and you just get penalised for it. I want it to be more equal, much like in Star Wars, where they've got Fighter Squadron, you have a ship, you have guns, and it's down to skill, and everybody's on a level playing field. So I want to get rid of ranking systems. If you play for 40 hours every day, but (laughs) if somebody wants to come in and play for 20 minutes, it should be a much more level playing field. If you play 40 hours every day, please get into contact, because I want that time machine and show this fill so we can get to the events. I could do with one of those as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, mine is also Pokemon Go related. It's take it's the re- removal of features from the game. So there used to be this fo- footstep track which actually told you where Pokemon were nearby. I know this is incredibly nerdy now, <laughs> but you don't build a global game of Marco Polo and take the Polo element away. So now everybody's just wandering around looking dazed and confused more than ever before because they can't find which Pokemon they want to. It's very nice. Hi, I'm Max Grudenchik, and you are listening to Brum Radio. Oh, I like the way that sounds. Brum radio. And now it's time for Pound Shop Cosplay. Right, so now it's the time for the wonderful world of Pound Shop Cosplay. This week it is the producer, Mr. Guy Halford's turn to astound us with his costume. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a TV presenter. <laughs> Who are you, guy? I am Stephen Mohan. <laughs> this is genius. Wow. I do- it's the sideways mask which makes <laughs> that it. That is what it's, makes it's it. It's the full-on coquettish head tilt. So, I'm a bit lost for words at this. I yeah. spent two ninety nine on this, and it was just on Stephen Mulher mask. Right, let's I go for the bill of materials. What? How much? So, what, how much per item? Sorry. The microphone was mine already. Yes. So I already had the mic. I made the magic wand out of materials and work. There's a pencil with a black piece of paper wrapped around it, because <laughs> you know he is a famous mu- ma- magician. <laughs> And the mask I ordered, I didn't go from Pound Shop because I signed it. Is it that was, Model Zoo? No, I got it from eBay. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to send a really weird email because some guy was asking me some specifications about what this one. And the email I had to send was, just send me the Stephen Mulvane mask, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know why he's wearing a rain mask. He looks like a sort of man that wear a rain mask, so... Is this I'm outside, mu- outside <laughs> magician? Yeah. Is this guy going to wear this costume more than once? I think definitely. I think this is a full-on mirror moment for me. I, I feel like um, this is going to be, you know, when, when someone on the Gigi Brummer show makes a very daft comment, this is our version of the dunce hat. Yes. Okay, you yeah. have to wear the Stephen Mulhern mask the for the rest of the mask. show. Yes. Yeah. And the standards with your terrible magic. Is anyone else a bit concerned that the creation of this costume might be the beginning of some sort of breakdown for Guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did try and like, a bit on the other day, and tried to seduce my girlfriend while wearing it. <laughs> 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 I got that, a, I got a It's definitely the thing, the Mulhern meltdown. It's yeah. a thing. Yes. Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> it's time to play Top Trumps. Now it's time again for our feature Top Trumps. This week we're going to be playing from the Star Wars Rebels Top Trump set. So hopefully we'll all have some good cards. Rebels will be returning soon to Disney cartoon. Next day, season yeah. three. And they will age it up a little bit, so it should be quite interesting. Yeah. Trailer trailer that they put out a few weeks ago looked brilliant. So yeah, so this is good. So who's going to start this week? Uh, Phil. Oh, you're playing. Okay. okay. 
You right. can play for guests this week. Um, okay, I am going to go with um, the Star Destroyer with mm-hmm. firepower of 50. Ooh, impressive. George? We'll go anti-clockwise. Just yeah, uh, yeah, I can't touch you on that one. I, I'm going to play the Phantom, but unfortunately the firepower is only 28. I don't uh, get this card at all. The card says Canans speeder bike. What the hell is that about? <laughs> it's a bike. He can't, he's not a person. He's not a character. He's got personality traits on the top trumps card. I don't get this. Anyway, firepower 20. Rubbish. Right, so I've got an even worse one than that, which is lightsabers. So it's not even a vehicle, it's just a weapon. Uh, Firepower from that one is a miserable five for a lightsaber. Really? What? Really? Who wrote these cards? I'm, I'm just going to pick the top card that I've got because I can't beat Phil on that. And it's, I've got Zare Leonis, who's one of the kind of trainee stormtroopers. He's only got a firepower of 12. More than a lightsaber? How does this work? <laughs> Don't, don't, don't be bitter. Yes. So, Phil, that's Why have we let you. Phil play? He always wins. <laughs> George, your pick next. Uh, I'm going to win this one because I've got R2-D2 and everybody knows he's the best at everything. Uh, I'm going to go with Reliability, which is 47, which again seems excessive for R2-D2. Yes. He tends to trundle off by himself a lot. And break multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. 47. <laughs> got a chap called Wolfwaro. <laughs> it is a Wookiee people. <laughs> He looks angry. <laughs> guy always has problems with the Star Wars cards. I mean, they just have silly names. Just like, just call, call it Bob, you know, or John. You know, I've, got, John. I've got John, John and he's the a Wookie. Wookie, And his reliability is 44. Bad John. Right. I have Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. himself, Kanan Jarrus, but he's only got a reliability of 30. So that's saying R2 is more reliable than a Jedi. Yes. I'm picking a, picking this card for two reasons. One, it has a reliability of 47, matches R2D2. Oh. But more importantly, its name is the Broken Horn. <laughs> what is that? Said <laughs> James Sanford. Oh, should we read its top trumps file out? The Broken Horn is Visago's personal transportation and flagship. It's a oh. modified Gozanti class cruiser with little weapons. Leaving it to depend on its heavy shields and powerful engines for a quicker escape. Little weapons, are we talking just oh. very small guns? <laughs> Lots of broken horns sticking out of it. Oh, yeah. God. Um, God. Am I allowed to use the same card again? No. 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 Oh. Because oh. <laughs> I, I would have won again. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to go with a TIE fighter with reliability of 42. Right, so a tie, a tie, Ooh. Ooh. a tie, a tie between a, cla- a yes. clapped-out ship and an R two D two. Guy, your choice. I got a cat. I might be going to give his name. This is uh, this is Fred. Um, <laughs> is Fred also it's a Wookiee? Kitwa, the Wookiee, yes. So I got Fred. He's reliability forty-six. Good on you, Fred. Alright, my last card. It's actually rubbish for this score, which is Agent Callus, whose reliability is only one. The most unreliable. What a play! <laughs> he, he did fail to capture the wow. rebels on multiple occasions. Yeah, but, but still, come on. I mean, his description when the rebels' activities in Lothal began to attract tra- attention, Agent Callus is sent to stop them. With all the Imperial force at, at his disposal and his skills at hand to hand combat, he's a really scary opponent. Nowhere does that mention he fails. He looks like he's going rollerblading with like, the helmet he's got on his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> disco, disco, sick. <laughs> Um, I've got Zeb Aureolis 
Mm-hmm. You pronounce that as you wish. Okay, Pete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a reliability of 35. I have Taskmaster Grint with a reliability of 8. Well, the Taskmaster is the parking attendant last yes, time. Yes, they were the guy's parking yeah. attendant. <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned about the reliability rating of the card I've got. I've got Sabina Rant, who is apparently their, uh, their bomb expert, but her reliability is only 18. I think surely the one in charge of the explosives should be more reliable than that. It's a bit worrying. Hey, Sabine, you look slightly unreliable. Could you go blow things up? Oh, okay. Sorry, just blowing things up. Sweet, so Fred won. Fred won that Fred one, won. yeah. No, yeah. Have we got a definitive oh, winner for this round. Or got, no. point the board. Exactly. Right. Yes, everybody puts me against them all. So we get oh. winner. And on the Gretchen Beach. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm glad that Fred and Bob and Sam and the bike and helped me to win. Yeah, I'm quite happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say a special thank you for RTD2 being the only card I won with. Is that my first point on the board? It is your first point on the board. Definitely thanks to RTD2. And I'm just going to say, rubbish, this proves that I do not cheat because I had terrible, terrible... Well, no, I've got one point, yeah, it's my second say, point. You were against the cheating today, to be fair, mate. So yeah. that's, um, yeah, good on you, Ryan. You're changing <laughs> as a person. So that means the producers Excellent. are now ahead on our leaderboard. We'll get a shot at that and put up later. Yeah. So that's all for us today. Ryan's been kidnapped. We failed to mention that, so, you know. <laughs> bye from Guy. Bye from Dave. Bye from George. And bye from Phil. Ryan will be back next week. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Carey, a former writer on X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four, Lucifer, The Unwritten and Hellblazer. And you're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. It's myself, Ryan Parrish, here on Geeky Brummy, and it's Mostly Folk Weekend here on Brum Radio. Uh, in the studio this week, we have, as always, producers Guy and Sean, keeping me under slight control. Hello. Are you going to speak this week, Guy? Or are you going to have a ridiculously long pause like last time, which I can actually feel whilst you... Yeah, let's, let's just keep talking. It's going to be the one who doesn't let's speak, like off of Scott Mills. Talk to everybody else yes. while he's paused. And we have both halves of Save Half a Cosplay today. Hello, George. Hello. And hello, Dave. Hello. Hi, Hi, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> right, so now Guy's here. Yeah, so it is Mostly Folk Weekend here on Brum Radio. You should have been on the show Folky Brummy today. It could be Folky Brummy today. Shall we be Folky Brummy today? Geeky Folky? Geeky Folky or Folky Brummy. <laughs> what do you think, Sean? Uh, a slip of the tongue and we're in dangerous territory. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're always in dangerous territory on this show. Does that mean we have to talk like farmers? <laughs> yeah. Well, it could be folklory <laughs> Folklory Brummy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always good fun. Hello, this is Mr. B, the Gentleman Rhymer here on Brum Radio. Alright, and we're back, and now we're going to have a quick chat about some trailers that have come out over the last few weeks. Biggest one, of course, in the known universe is Star Wars Rogue One. Mm. Yay! <laughs> Everyone Cannot wants to talk this. about it first, yeah. <laughs> it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, cinematography is amazing, even on the little clip. Don't think it pipped Episode 8's trailer, though. Sorry, there's a trailer for episode yeah, 8. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Sorry, no, episode 7 trailer. Bloody hell, you onto an exclusive there, right? <laughs> we haven't what? seen it yet. Like we're real geeky, but you ain't that big up in the geek world yet. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. So, yeah, don't think it's as good as the episode 7 trailer was with the hype machine that came out for that one. Yeah, I think that was also partly because, you know, there'd been no Star Wars for so long. Mm. And it was just, yeah, everybody was so blown away by it because it was the first Star Wars in, was it... 10, 20 years, something like that? I think 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, around about that. Sean, 
your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, having watched the trailer just before we went on air, I, I think it looks incredible. The, um, yeah, just visually, just amazing. I was really, really impressed with it. It looks really exciting as well. I mean, I'm, obviously, you guys are far more uh, obsessed with Star Wars than, than I am. But it's, <laughs> it, you know, it, still, it looked it looked really, really good. Yeah, I mean. The only bit of the trailer that really needs to be there for me to be excited. Just the last five seconds where you just get Vader and the breathing. That's it. I didn't need to see anything else. I'm sold. Yeah. Take my money. <laughs> I am there. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit of James Earl Jones, but I think they're saving that for the film. Yeah, that, that's, that, that thing at the end, that was just a pure tease. Yeah. That, yeah, if you're not, even if you're not a massive Star Wars fan, now that Vader's in, you will go and see it. Mm-hmm. Guy, your thoughts? I enjoyed watching this with my eyes. <laughs> uh, really nice to see a brummy lady in there as well, uh, Felicity Jones, taking over the main role in it. I like Felicity Jones, I'm a big fan of hers, I think yes. she's cool. Like, it's nice that she's, she's trying to get she's her on the track. Yeah. We should, that'd we should be awesome. Get Felicity, if you're listening, <laughs> the likelihood is very thin, but if you are, please come, come in. Come in, we love you, <laughs> in a normal way. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to tweet Ryan's mobile number <laughs> <laughs> give us a call yeah, I've got to say it is nice to see a Star Wars film with a female lead mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously you know the, the, the previous films have all had a very they yeah. have had a, a strong female presence Yeah. but to see an actual lead hero as yeah. a female is quite groundbreaking I think I liked it. I'm going to be a bit of a girl about this now, but I like the way they've styled her in the trailer. It sounds really yeah. odd. Felicity Jones is a very, very attractive lady. She's beautiful, and it would be very easy to sell the film on. Here is Felicity yeah. Jones looking hot, running around being an action hero, but she kind of looks practical. Yeah. She's, you know, she looks like she's sensibly dressed for the occasion, and she's not got eight pounds of foundation on. And I yeah. actually really like that. She still looks nice, but it's nice to see that they're selling it on. The film. This is going to be a good film. Not come and look at Felicity Jones's face for two hours. As I much love, as it's a nice face. I love how you've gone with. She looks practical. <laughs> she does. Like she's you know about to I mean? do some tasks. Yes, I feel like she. Yeah, she's practically dressed for <laughs> running around and saving things. Yeah. I don't think I've seen her in any other film than a film called Chalet Girl. Don't ask me why I watched that. Yeah. Well. <laughs> she yeah. flick. She does seem a bit like Mom Mothers prodigy prodigal daughter in it a little bit yeah I have wondered about that mm-hmm. they look very similar facial structure yeah mm. possible possible things happening there. I don't know mm. it does look really 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 good and of course it's Star Wars so I think everybody in the studio will be there regardless even if it is terrible midnight release there yeah also great to see Riz Ahmed four lions showing up with one eyebrow in the entirety of the trailer <laughs> uh, got Donnie Yen it man looks in, incredible. Yeah, it man in space. What more could you want? That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Is there? Is it like a young Grand Moff Tarkin? Is that the name of that character? Like, yes, I think it's going for the Peter Cushing kind of role. It, it is, but it's not Tarkin. It's yeah. is it Krennic something yeah, like that? Some, it's an odd person they brought in for this bit. We we've realised with Star Wars, we have to play in top trumps. So the yeah. names are just pointless. I'll just call like Fred and Derek. <laughs> He's and playing parking attendant number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Forrest Whitaker also seems to have transformed into Morgan Freeman between the teaser trailer and this trailer. Yeah, and if you don't know, his first his character is the first one to cross over from the animated series into the mm-hmm. um, into the, the live stream. Yeah. Oh, I did know that. That's cool. Yeah, putting a bit awesome. of canon in there. That makes yeah, yeah. Really he was first in was it the Clone Wars? Again? Yeah, Clone Wars. Nice. Well, he hasn't shown up in Rebels yet. I don't think. No, he hasn't. Which. Maybe that's something for season, season three. three yeah. yeah, it should be really, really good. On a I want Mara Jade related. in a movie. When's yeah. that happening? Give us Mara Jade. Yeah. Stars related, no. The rumours going around. Donald Glover 
Troy for community. Lando Cameron seen in hand. Yes. Solo, solo. Yeah, so solo, 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 solo. That that would be awesome. I that think. would be cool. Yeah. Be good yeah. casting. And to be fair, you could see him as a young Lando. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, how are they gonna put Avid in? Avid's gotta be in at some point. Obviously. Well he works for he works for the Avengers though. Yeah. So yeah, it could be he works the, the, <laughs> Just that little yeah. thingy in the <laughs> right. So moving on to our next trailer. Resident Evil, the final episode. The final Finally. countdown. Thank God. Yes. The fact that there were previous episodes seems to have entirely passed me by. I don't feel like I've missed out much watching this trailer, I'll be honest. The fact that I didn't yeah. realise that other ones existed. Apparently not a problem. Yeah, and um, they've just gone back to the first film. I think they've gone in a big full circle now. And just gone back to the hive and it's just trying to wrap things up. Yeah, it's it's nice that they've brought, you know, as many of the sort of the original characters back as they can. You know, given that about half of them are dead now. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'll be honest, I've never been a big fan of the series. It's just, no. it, it's straight too far from the source material for me. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just, it's nonsense. The first Literally. one, I really enjoyed. And the first one pretty much matched that kind of game feel about how it yeah, was Yeah, yeah, like without being a video game movie. Yeah. But it was all that technical stuff. I mean, you cast your mind back to the first Resident Evil game. It was a scary game set in a haunted mansion. Yeah. But this wasn't. This was set in like a science lab and stuff like that. And it kind of like, I think Under instantly, yeah. that is... <clears throat> the mm-hmm. first error they made second one was I, I watched the first two and the second one was okay because they did like the whole you know, Resident thing. Evil yeah. 2 storyline kind of yeah. Yeah. but th- this just descends into science fiction nonsense you know Mila Jovovich running around you know yeah. she's she, fair enough give her a role to be fair she should go back to her music she's a really good singer songwriter either or make note. a Fifth Element sequel yes yeah yeah I think Paul Verhoeven's pretty much given her a job for the last Decade and a half for the scene, but just are they yeah. married? Yeah, they are married. So it's kind of like, I'll <laughs> well, make another film. Now for you. that solves the mystery. Yeah. Uh, it's quite disappointing. It's nice to see Ian Glenn back. It's nice to see that he's taking a vacation from a. Great scale cured. Yeah. Yes. And per- personally, quite glad to see, even though it was only a quick shot, uh, Wesker's back. Yeah. Um, but he was pretty much the strongest villain of the whole series. Right? Yeah, he. I mean. I've got a friend who cosplays as Wesker quite quite regularly, so I know he's going to be be happy about it. Yeah, yeah that's really showing his TV at that point in the in the trailer, yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's kind of thankful that they're wrapping it up now. I think it, they've exhausted what they could with those storylines. We're going to go off a side tangent because yeah. obviously uh, E3 this year they put Resident Evil Seven out there, yeah. and it seems like a complete reboot of the series, like something completely different, on like almost like playable teaser, which yeah. came online about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. So. Could it be possible that they'll see this new version of Resident Evil and they might think, well, let's reboot it in this style, maybe? I think Konami even said don't associate the films with the games anymore post the second film. To be fair, you you can't because the stories diverge so much. I think had had this, especially with Resident Evil 4, had they done that as a movie, that that would have been incredible. Leon Kennedy story. I'd just see the uh, merchant on the screen. Yeah, exactly. What are you buying, I mean, stranger? To be fair, to be fair, it could have been a DC movie given that how how dark and grey it yes. was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and last trailer we're gonna quickly move on to is IT. Mm, yes. <laughs> we tried turning it off and on again. <laughs> I think never they tried to reset the film off and on again. <laughs> uh, it, it's quite sad to see how far Pierce Brosnan's fallen into this t- terrible, terrible by the by the books thriller. 
I feel that. GoldenEye was like the best Bond film, in my opinion. Yeah. What yeah. a film. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan has gone from 007 to 00 no. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those films where you just yes. watch the trailer and then it finishes and you say, why? It, it why remind- does this exist? Yeah, it reminded yeah. me of like those early 90s films, the Sandra Bullock one. I can't remember the name. The Net. There. The Net. Those kind <laughs> yeah. of films. Yeah, yeah like, actually. Ooh, yeah. Hacker movies. Ooh, look it's- at it, from the looks yeah. of it, it's essentially anonymous. The movie. Yeah, it is, and it's kind of like, oh, I'm now in control of your fridge. You can't now access any of your beverages. I mean, <laughs> oh, I am evil. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably going to sound judgmental, and Dave, you are an IT person, so this gives a bad reputation to IT people. Yes, I know. It's I like, oh, IT guys are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is. This is a movie for those people who tell you they're an anonymous, which yes. is clearly not a thing. Because if you were, you wouldn't tell me. This is the the, the film for those people who can go and go, yeah. This we're really important and we're awesome and we're going to watch this terrible terrible movie about the power to take over control of someone's fridge yeah Sean uh, literally <laughs> uh, where do you start it's just <coughs> rubbish yeah th- th- there you go in a word it's rubbish but yeah. it's, you could you could pretty much predict after the first 10 seconds of the trailer I think you can predict the entire film yeah and th- I don't think there's going to there's not going to be any sort of um, sort of uh, hidden depth to that film is there it is everything in the trailer that's what you're going to get you, yeah. you've got to feel sorry for people because obviously you know there's a, a remake of It coming out Yeah. people are going to go oh my god that's the remake of It I'm going yeah. to see this and be like what, <laughs> well, what the hell where's the clown <laughs> to be fair the it clown does, is it, Pierce Brosnan it, it yeah. does kind of look like a horror movie yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. different type yeah, yeah. Apparently, it, it, Anna Friel's in this as well. What's happened to Anna Friel? That didn't look like Anna Friel to me. No. I mean, what what got me as well? It, it's this kind of mid-budget movie that disappeared for quite a long time. It was either blockbusters or indie films, and it's kind of gone back into that mid-budget role where it's probably what between ten to fifty million they've spent on it, and it's kind of it, it's it's a script they probably sat on for a while. It's not an amazing script, so it probably could have would have been much better five years ago. Kind yeah. Of it, it just kind like of it harks back to God. some of the films that I, I don't know how you guys all feel about this, but I, I see the same problem with films like Taken. I just think they're so. Yeah. Like Taken could be called Token for me. Just, yeah. it, just a token film. Yeah, I mean, Taken the Urine, the third one, definitely. Do you, oh. yeah. do you know what this is? It's typical late night BBC One or ITV twelve o'clock thriller fodder. ITV three, I think. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's the sort of thing yeah. that's kind of like you know when you turn on like you're staying up late, like oh, what's on telly, and it's like some kind of like late '80s naff thriller, yeah. like something like this. This is what it kind of reminds me of is like a naff thriller. Straight after Naked Attraction. Don't <laughs> <laughs> even get me started on that. What an appalling that's, piece of television. That's a, that's a naff thriller. <laughs> Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to Brum Radio. It's time to play Top Drums. Right, as always, it's time for another round of Top Trumps. This week we will be playing with Marvel Something of Something. Mightiest Heroes, I Mar- think it is. Mightiest Heroes, there we go. And uh, we have a special attendee this week. It is Mrs. Geeky Vummy has finally found Yay. a way into the studio. Yay! Round of applause. Come into the, the microphone, say hello, introduce yourself. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is Mrs. Greeky Vimmy, also known as Viv on Twitter. You may see her popping up occasionally on Twitter. If Viv wins this and you lose, there's not going to be any kind of like domestic at home, is there? <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're going to let our special guest pick this one. What, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> um, Viv, do you want to pick one? Um, appearances. 
Hawkeye. There we go. Ooh. Ooh. Phil. Oh, I can't be that. I have uh, Black Widow at 2,439. Mm. I feel like this is going to look a bit suspicious as I dealt the cards, but I've actually got Spider-Man, and he has 9,935 appearances. Cheated. <laughs> 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 I was going to win this up to the point that George Sorry. cheated. <laughs> actually, I'm going I'm to go with Red Skull, 844. Right, I have Mrs. Spider-Man, also known as Spider-Woman. And she only has a miserable 1580. I've got the, the evil brother Loki, who's only got 1259 appearances. More Loki needed. Tay Tay's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so win for George there. Yay. Uh, I'm going to pick this time, because it's been a while since I've picked one. I'm going to go with the Hulk and strength of 20. I mean, that's hardly fair, is it? He's the Hulk. Yeah, still... Thanos might be stronger. Keith? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with the powerful sorcerer, who is Doctor Strange. He's only got a strength of five. That it? Or somebody can mind-bend the universe. Yeah, well, he, you know, he got into an accident, he hurt his hands. He's obviously not working out as much as he used to. <laughs> I'm obviously not close enough to the mic. <laughs> um, Arnim Zola, yes. um, strength five. Ooh, quite low, actually, considering he's a robot or cyborg thing. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Phil? Uh, I'm going with Nova, strength of 12. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Lockjaw, who, according to his, <laughs> according to his notes, oh. one of his superpowers is that he has an incredible sense of smell. Don't he's laugh at Lockjaw. He's awesome. He's the Inhumans' pet dog. He's a member of the Inhumans' royal family, but yeah, his superpower is that he has a great sense of smell, which is a bit rubbish. Um, he's also slightly rubbish in that his strength is only a six. It's just the terminology lockjaw. Every time I hear someone say I've got lockjaw or someone is a lockjaw, it makes me laugh and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just. I think we all know why, guy, but let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, go. See if you can beat the Hulk. Uh, Black Panther, strength 10. He's rubbish. One for me then. Uh, Phil, you pick the last category. Um. Right, okay, I, uh, I've i got Falcon uh, with special powers of 20. Ooh, good. Ooh, I'm going to match that. I'm a bit worried that Phil might hurt me before I'm going to match him because he might not win. Uh, I've got Ghost Rider, who also has special powers 20. Ooh. I've got Captain America's special powers at 10. Sorry, how is he sidekick? Got more power than him, what's that all about? Don't underestimate the sidekick. Well, going on for that, people with super soldier serum seem to be getting a bit nerfed on this because I've got Luke Cage and he's only got 10 as well. Okay, I've kept my final card. It's my ace in the hole. He's from Asgard. He's Thor and he's got special powers of 50. Wow. Ooh. Honey? I have She-Hulk and she has special powers of 35. Ooh. Ooh. for Keith then. Thor, Chris Hemsworth, that's it. Yes. He so doesn't have... He top. doesn't have glasses in his, yes. his <laughs> doesn't have lenses in his glasses, he's a cool no. dude. Yeah. So that's a point each for me, George and Keith, if I've got my points right. I think so, yeah. Yes. Winner speeches um Yes, winner speeches. I'd like to thank the wonderful Hulk. I'd like to thank Stanley and yes. uh, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'd also like to thank Stanley and uh, Chris Hemsworth and uh, Norse mythology, yeah. hammers, <laughs> yeah, guys, blue tarpaulin. Because on this picture here, Thor's got a red cape, definitely a red cape, and his Thor doesn't, his hammer doesn't look like one that's come from like Stanley. I'll tell you what, Keith, bring it up with Charlie Dimmer. <laughs> Tom Walsh, actually. Get your ground force people right. Right, so. X-Men Apocalypse, due for release on October the 4th. Uh, George and Dave, I'm going to hand over to you for this bit <laughs> because it's pretty much your special, special yeah. area. It's almost like your nose, guy. Uh, yeah, almost. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's thoughts then? We actually both really enjoyed X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. We waited a very long time to go and see it because everyone assumed we'd be there on like, opening night dressed up and we actually waited. It'd been out for a good month, I think, before we actually managed yeah, to go and I, see it. I, I'll be honest, I didn't have high hopes going into it. Just, no. Just from, from what everybody I knew had said about it, 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 they'd all said it wasn't a good movie, they didn't like it, the end was rubbish, and we went in totally blown away. It was awesome. It was just fun it was probably what an x-men movie should be like i'm not a huge fan of a lot of the uh, the fox made x-men movies that we've had previously i think often they do try to be a bit too dark and serious and the x-men are ridiculous they're retcon beyond belief yeah. death is, is not real in x-men everybody comes back it's they've all got stupid outfits there's a whole bit with an, with an imaginary dragon for ages it should not be a sensible story it should be fun yeah. it felt very much to me, very much like in feel like the New Mutants comics, and it was kind of a school hijinks movie yeah. almost. To me, it felt like how an X Men film should be. Were you slightly disappointed in Oscar Isaacs? I think like a lot a lot of the villainy side of things was underused. I would have liked yeah. to see more Psylocke. Um, yeah. I feel like we will see more Psylocke. It felt yeah. like they were setting her up to be a big bad later. Because in this film, she looked awesome, but she didn't really do a lot. She was just kind of there. There and a pretty or a swimsuit. Be good. Or a big good to come over later on. Something. Yeah. They're going to do something with Psylocke. But it looked cool. It was good. Yeah, um, definitely. I, w I think I was I was too distracted by how much I love Nightcrawler to really notice anyone else. Nightcrawler in this was perfect for me. Yeah. I yeah. love him. I love Nightcrawler anyway, so it was really great to see a proper Nightcrawler who made the proper noise on yeah, screen. the proper bamf. Yeah. yeah. Slightly disappointed in Angel as well. Didn't do much with him. Yeah, again, more Angel would have been good. That would have been yeah. nice to see some more, yeah. I think. But oh, again, I, what was there was cool. Yeah, I mean, the fact he that... He looked cool. See, didn't he die at the end, towards the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was disappointing. If, if it was a case of the... But it's the X-Men. Death is not forever an X-Men. We know this. True, so that doesn't mean anything. He could be back. We don't know. He was one of the original team, though. Yeah. yeah. It would have been nice to sort of see him, a bit more of him as, as Angel, and then yeah. have him come back as Archangel as he does in the comics yeah yeah that would have been quite nice I mean it was an enjoyable film I mean I'm probably not as much of a fan as you are <laughs> <laughs> I don't think many people no. are but I, I really enjoyed it it was definitely worth watching and it was an enjoyable romp I'm kind of getting a little bit disappointed in the first class people that have carried over now they're kind of like yeah I think it'd be nice yeah. to see what they do with it next I think they've pulled together a good team with this one yeah. I was I was really impressed with um, Sophie Turner as, as Jean yes, Grey definitely. I think she did a hell of yeah. a job um, yeah, her, so I, I want to see more of that yeah. definitely her towards the end as Phoenix that yeah. was that was incredible it was sensational I think we haven't really seen a good Jean Grey on screen for a long time no, Jean Grey in the comics is a yeah. lot cooler than she's than she yeah. has I, appeared on TV so far unfortunately she was alright in the first one, but yeah, to what, yeah. especially at X three. X three, yeah, she she'd given up by then, I think. Yeah, she totally lost interest. So I think Sophie Turner turned into a performance who felt like somebody who was growing into her powers. Jean Grey is crazy powerful. Yeah, and Sophie Turner felt like 
she was and she was getting there she was growing into something it was going to be completely mind-blowing when she gets yeah. there but it's yeah, just that last bit when they're in the danger room and cyclops turns around in the proper jacket and the proper yeah. visor <laughs> and it's yeah, just so like there was a lot of kind of like suppressed cheering for yeah. me and david yeah, yeah, like yeah. 90s x-men you, you, you did grip my arm somewhat <laughs> yeah. do you think it's time for hugh jackman to hang up his claws um if rumors are to be believed Next, um, the next Wolverine film will be yeah. both the last appearance of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, yeah. and it will also be the last appearance of Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Mm. I feel like X twenty three is coming. Yes. The, anybody who sat and stayed for the uh, the the end of trailer yeah. bits um, will know that there was some hinting about what may co- what might be coming next, yes. which I think looked like Mister Sinister in X twenty three. Personally, yeah. that's my guess. Cool. I guess. I'm Essex, calling it now. Essex Laboratory, laboratories. Yeah. Yes, X twenty three is coming. Yeah, which is going to be awesome. You heard it here yeah. first. Well, I yeah. don't think they could have probably got away with the romantic tension between Sophie Turner and Hugh Jackman convincing. No, them. no, that would be cool. I think that that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine I think he does a fantastic job but, yeah, but he's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. time for something else and I feel yeah. like, but mind you Wolverine does it in the comics universe as well where he takes over everything mm-hmm. Yeah. so I guess it's, it's, in, it's in canon that they've used Hugh Jackman for everything but yeah it'd be nice to see someone else yeah, so as we said, released on October the fourth. I think you two are going to be definitely purchasing copies. Oh yeah. Yes. And looking forward to the Blu-ray DVD special features. Oh yeah. Definitely. This is Greg Grunberg from both Star movies, Trek and War, and you are listening to Brum Radio. So as it is mostly folk weekend here on Brum Radio, I uh, thought we'd delve into a little bit of the folklore of the Midlands and what rumours and things that happens around Birmingham in the local area. And the first... Rumour has it. <laughs> 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 the first one, which uh, Peaky Blinders seems oh to have restored into the world, is that Charlie Chaplin was born in a gypsy caravan in Smethwick. I love this myth. I, I love it so much, I, I think, you know what, let's just accept it as historical canon. Yeah. Um, I, I feel I, I, I when I first read this, I felt it was reaching a bit like you know Chekhov telling everybody that everything comes from Russia. Yeah. We're, we're so so desperate to be relevant in uh, in well, the Midlands that we will claim anyone and anything as our own. Yeah. But you know what, Charlie Chaplin being born in a gypsy caravan in Smethwick, sa- like that sounds legit to me. Yeah. I mean, it is a bit like the goodness gracious me of uh, Birmingham. Yep. <laughs> <Everything>. Abs- absolutely. <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it, I mean, the rumor has come out. It was, uh, it was uh, the tale began decades ago after the discovery of a letter sent to sent by the star to a Tamworth resident. He wrote that he was born on the Black Patch in Smethwick to a gypsy queen. Um, interesting story though, because the gypsy queen. Just yes. on a side note, that's going to be my new drag name, I think. <laughs> yes, and it, it's assumed he was born in London, but I think we'll take him as a Midlander. I more yes, than happy. yeah, yeah more than happy to take Charlie Chaplin as a Midlander. Yeah, uh, next bit I found about was Springhill Jack, who you might have seen in Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Syndicate game, uh, was part of the game there as well, and it's mainly a London folklore, but apparently he took a visit to the Black Country at you some point. You actually managed to pay your way through an Assassin's Creed game? Yeah, I actually did manage to finish wow, an Assassin's well done, Creed. Well, the only person. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so it's basically his uh, Victorian myth. It's very similar to not Jack the Ripper but it was kind of that thing uh, he was uh, running around London jumping very tall with glowing eyes he was the sort of the, of well, the star of all the anti-hero of yes. one of the, uh, the Penny Dreadfuls wasn't he he was the, yes. the sort yeah. of urban, urban legend yeah he's one of the he- heavily featured pen- in the Penny Dreadful comics back in yeah was it the 1800s? Yeah, uh, Late think, 1800s, yeah, yeah, 1837, 1838 I think is when he first came out and then it's kind of carried on all, all the way through uh, the Victorian era I mean um 
Glowing red eyes, fire breathing, horns and a dark cape. He's very much a precursor to Count Dracula. There. Yeah, sort of. Is it the Blackburn Vampire? That we talked about, <laughs> about last week? Is that what this is? Well, the <laughs> darkness Vlad Tepes, you mean? Yes. <laughs> no, it could be him, but what? Uh, apparently also visited Yarmouth. There was a, a delirious man round, running around in his nightshirt was mistaken for the fiend and beaten up in Peck in 1872. A delirious man in Yarmouth? I'm yes. shocked. <laughs> Sounds like quite a world tour, this gent yes. went on. You know, Birmingham, Yarmouth, all the great places. He has, I mean, Spring, Spring Hill Jack had great PR for yeah. the Victorian, yeah. Yeah. Victorian era. He was, I mean, he was like the Victorian era's boogeyman. Yeah, I you mean, know, was it was the, the, the one that you know mothers would tell their children, behave or Spring Hill Jack will get you. Yeah, I mean, it might have been like the Morse code version of Twitter. Giving updates on when it's spring here, Jack. But uh, yeah, so rumours copycat track, uh, Jacks all across the country, especially in the black country. Uh, in 1855 in Old Hill, the customers of the crossing swore they saw a frightening figure with cloven hooves and horn leap from roof to roof straight across the road to the butcher shop opposite. Right. Yes. I, 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 again, yeah, believe that. Yeah. Totally legit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will uh, also adopt him as a Midlander. Talking about folklore, I mean, this yeah. is like a slight tangent, but um, Slender Man. Yes. So I, outside my house a few weeks ago, uh, me and my housemate and my girlfriend found this like note on the floor, and it was like no, no, some kids had drawn, which had a picture of Slender Man, a child looking very scared, and said Slender Man's coming to get you. Yet this was like sat outside our door. I mean, he was pretty much the first Worrying. internet. <laughs> yeah, the, he's he was the, the first. Uh, it's the, the, the from the creepy pasta forum, which is probably the, yeah. the penny dreadful of, of the our, our yeah. age, yeah. Um, and it's this sort of crowdsourced urban myths. Yeah. Um, and yeah. They really are quite horrifying. I actually yeah. feel there's a strange fondness, though, that this is still going. I like that younger generations are continuing this. I feel like the Slenderman obsession was a thing when I was about 15. It's very much like going. Going, going through adolescence. Um, yeah. Everyone has their sort of local ghost story or legend, which is, you know, super, super creepy and in yeah. no way plausible, but we do yeah. hold on to them. And I think, you know, in, in, in this age of uh, instant information, yeah. I quite like that we're still sort of telling stories about monsters in the fog. Uh, having yeah. the, verbal literary stories yeah. I mean, going back to Spring I would appreciate Hill. they didn't leave notes outside my door yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going back to Spring Hill Jack I've got one more story to add into the mix uh, which is in Netherton a terrified old lady was carried to the police station babbling about Spring Hill Jack appearing a- across the cut near Jawbone Bridge which is the canal with flames coming out of his mouth an immediate investigation was carried out by the local police as they approached the bridge at midnight they would start to see a light flying through the air going from one side of the canal to the other the culprit turned out to be a young Joseph Darby wearing a miner's helmet with a lamp attached as he practiced jumping over the canal. <laughs> this strange nocturnal exercise led Joseph to become the world spring jumping champion, defeating the American hold of the title in 1887. Well, I mean, amazing. that's just another bit lovely bit of local, you know, arcana there. Yes, definitely. I really do love that little story. Uh, moving on to the next one, the Giant of the Reekin. If... If those who are probably not aware of the black country and that kind of area might not be aware of the Reekin, which is known as going around the Reekin for most of people if you're taking a journey it's an incredibly long way um that well it, it's yeah it, i i grew up um in in, in shropshire under yeah. the shadow of the Reekin, and it's if you're telling a long and particularly arduously boring story then you're going all the way around the Reekin to yeah. get to, the, to get to your point yeah. um so I, I, as far as i can recall the Reekin is the shoulder of yeah. a sleeping giant either yes. the shoulder or the head of a sleeping giant I can't quite recall it's a giant called Gwendol Reekin at Schenkin at Mindewan yeah 
I'm not even going to try and finish <laughs> that one. With a grudge against the town of Shrews, we decided to flood the town and kill all its inhabitants, so we collected a giant-sized spade full of earth and set off towards the town. When in the vicinity of Weddington, near Shrewsbury, he met a cobbler returning from the market with a large sack full of shoes for repair. The giant asked him for directions, adding he was going to dump his spade full of earth in the River Severn and flood the town. Uh, it's a very long way to Shrewsbury, replied the quick-thinking shoemaker. Look at the, all these shoes. I've worn them out walking back from there. Giant immediately decided to abandon his enterprise and dump the earth in the ground beside him, which there before became the Reekin. And the giant also scraped the mud off his boots, which became the small hill, Urkel Hill, nearby. Urkel Hill. Urkel Hill. Yeah, for the local boy. So, yeah, very interesting story. Uh, I, I, do, I do love the these, uh, yeah, these sort of oral traditions of, of just explaining, oh, yeah. what's that? Is it a hill? No, no, a giant made it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm we anthropomorphise everything, but I'm, again, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's much more fun studying geography when you can say a giant did it. Yes, definitely. Uh, last story we're going to come to, which is the Wiseman of Gotham, which is the village of Gotham in Nottinghamshire. Uh, which well, is you're not allowed to take photos with their sign, by the way. No. In allusion <laughs> to their reputed simplicity, if tradition is to lead, the people of Gotham were not so very simple. The story goes that King John intended to travel through the neighbourhood and stop there. Is this King uh, John of Robin Hood fame? Yes, King John of Robin Hood the fame. The bad one. Yes. At the time in England, any road the king travelled on had to be made a public highway, and the village people of Gotham didn't want a public highway right for their village so the villagers feigned imbecility when the royal messengers arrived imbecility that would be another amazing drag name yeah when (laughs) when the messengers wherever the messengers went the rustics engaged in some absurd tasks and that's where gotham comes from but it's more about how they were wise to be pretend to be stupid rather than that but gotham the village in nottinghamshire is the name of where gotham comes from in batman yeah Yeah. so i've heard this story before wasn't it something about one of the early creators yes. was from there or something out of like visited. Uh, well Washington Irving gave the name to Gotham to New York City in his Salman Gundy papers in eighteen oh seven, which then stuck as a by metaphor for, for New a, York. a dark teeming metropolis. Yes, and that's yeah. that's not metropolis. <laughs> But that's where DC took it from, and that's where Gotham comes from nowadays. And there's a short poem, which I will quickly read to you, which is a nursery rhyme, which is, Three wise men of Gotham, they went to sea in a bowl, and if the bowl had been stronger, my song would have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for Aww. Folklore Love of the Midlands, and we might revisit this at another point in the future. I, th- I, I think we, there's, absolutely, there's a wealth of, uh, of local tradition and, and folklore that we can dig into in the future. I think Definitely. next time we should all bring one of these weird stories from home. I think we have yes. enough kind of differing hometowns between us to have absolutely. some good Definitely. nonsense yeah. And then there should be a prize for the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Hey everybody, John Barrowman here, and you are listening to Brum Radio. Goodbye from me, Guy. And me, George. <laughs> and me, Phil. And me, Div. And whoever else has been on the show this week, because I think we've had some uh, people on as well. So, And Ryan. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.